How's uh how's everybody doing? Good. It's been so long since I've been here. Uh, well, longer for me because I had a baby, so I was gone for all of December. Lily is here somewhere around here. She just ran away because she knew that you guys were going to look at her. But uh, this is her first student revival ever, which is pretty exciting. She's little and cute, which is fun. She poops a lot. So uh, if any of you want practice changing a diaper, hit me up. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just so good to be back. I miss you guys so much. And it was just so weird not being here for so long and such a weird time to have a baby at Christmas time and then come back and whatever. But here we are, 2022. Can you guys believe it? We did it. We've made it this far. It still feels like it's 2020, which stinks, but whatever. Um, Man, worship was good. Can we just give it up for the worship team? Great job, guys. Nathan, just special shout out to you, bro. Only student in the band. No, I'm not talking about Nathaniel. I'm talking about the other one. (laughs) No, I said the cooler one. Ouch. Savage. Great job. And man, just the presence of God here in the room. It's amazing how he does that just every week. He shows up. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. All right, guys. Spencer wants to say something. Come on up, Spence. Yeah. No, come on up, Spencer. Yeah, you do now. Can I look the other way? Nope. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. But you guys can come to Champaign, Illinois to watch me uh, compete. In a couple weeks from now, so. Oh, I, I can't, though. I can't. Anyway, uh, Jordan is going to lead us in a song. Yeah. Did you guys know that today is Nathaniel's birthday? What? Nathaniel, believe it or not, he's turning 36 today. Isn't that insane? So we are going to sing happy birthday to the 19-year-old Nathaniel. You ready? And here's the goal. We all have to sing in different keys, and if you sing in multiple keys, even better. Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Nathaniel. Big finish to you. Spencer, can you open this for me? Thank you. All right, folks. So in the masterful creativity that is our student revival team, we accidentally created the same exact sermon series that we did three years ago in January. So we're starting a new series and uh, um, it's this two-week mini-series called Jumpstart. And every year around New Year's time, it is a cultural norm to set goals and resolutions for the year to come. You guys familiar with this? Maybe, many of you um, probably did it or have done it in the past. Um, I personally believe that any time is a good time 
to start creating good habits in your life and set goals and go get them and all that stuff. But we might as well take advantage of uh, the cultural wave of self-improvement at the moment. So um, it's also not abnormal for people in around January time, to start to make goals around their faith as well. And so our goal with this series is to help you jumpstart your faith and create some healthy habits in following the way of Jesus in 2022. So my title for the message tonight is The Book of Life. Everybody say The Book of Life. The Book of Life. So if you're a note taker, which you ought to be because leaders take notes and note takers are history makers. And... uh, (laughs) So the title for tonight, The Book of Life. Now, every year I make some sort of goal or resolution to revolutionize my life. Does anybody else do that? Show of hands. I don't need to hear what your goal was, but just sweet. Most of the time, here's the thing. Most of the time I make these resolutions or goals, I get way too ambitious And I make a goal for like every aspect of my life. It's like family life and creativity and work and spiritual and physical. And I'm like categories everywhere. And I have like 13 goals in every area. And then um, I just like get way too crazy with it. And I'm expecting to just totally change my life. And then by week two, I'm exhausted and tired of it. And I give up on all of them. And then I just like revert back to the same way of living. Um, And I just like pretty much frequently, utterly fail when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Um, For example, it's been a goal of mine to read a book a month for like the last five years. And five years ago, it started as two books a month. And then after January, I was like, I'll try to do one book a month. And that year, I read three books. (laughs) And... um, and every year I re-up this goal. I'm going to do a book a month this year. And I've always failed it. But it has resulted in me becoming more of a reader, which is really the heart of the goal anyway. So whatever. I think that feels kind of like a win. Um, but often, like I said earlier, we make goals around our faith too. And I, I did this growing up. The I'm, I'm going to go to church every week this year goal. Or I'm going to try to get 50% attendance. The I'm going to pray, read my Bible do evangelism, etc. goals. Like, I'm going to grow in my faith. And I think every year since I was in seventh grade, I've made some kind of goal around reading my Bible. I, I've tried so many times to read this darn thing cover to cover. Like, literally three years in a row, I started the Bible in a year plan. And three years in a row, once I got like halfway through Leviticus, I quit. Because it just got too much. It got so much. And now, just like a super genius, I was like, you know what? I've never been able to read the Bible in a year. Bet I could do it in a month. So, like a fool, I am attempting to read the Bible in a month right now with some friends. And it's actually going pretty well. I've actually blown through all the parts that have tripped me up in the past. So we're going to find like new obstacles in the coming days. I'm not super looking forward to Psalms or the prophets. And that's about half of the whole thing. So uh, it's going to be really good. It's been like 40 chapters a day so far. And we'll see how it goes. But you guys can all hold me accountable 
um, and just make sure, check in with me in January, and I might never read again after that. But anyway, um, with that in mind, if you're like me, you probably have this deep desire to read the Bible. And you're probably convinced that like it's, it's meaningful and it matters. Or at the very least, you've heard me stand up here on the mic and irately tell you over and over and over and over again to open your Bibles and we'll give you a free one and you know, X, Y, and Z. But sometimes stuff just gets in the way. You know, sometimes my desire to read the Bible is strong, but more often than that, it's weak. Sometimes I would just rather sleep the extra five minutes in the morning than get up and read. Sometimes I feel like the book is confusing. Sometimes it's just overwhelming looking at how long it is and not knowing where to start. Sometimes I just don't have a plan, so I just kind of like give up. (laughs) And all this stuff builds up, and suddenly it's been a week or it's been a month, it's been a year. Maybe some of you have thought, I really want to read my Bible, and you just have never stepped into reading it, and, and it's just never happened for you. But if you're here, and you're a follower of Jesus, I probably don't need to convince you that the Bible is good for you, or that, that you should read this thing. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, or you're unfamiliar with what the Bible is, just a quick explanation for that is, it's this collection of 66 smaller books. I've got one right here. Does anybody else have their Bible on them? Boom. It's this collect. You should bring this every week. But anyway, um, it's this collection of, and this is my new one. This is my Christmas Bible. Isn't it so fancy? It's goat skin. Anyway, the Bible is this collection of 66 smaller books that are made up of like letters and historical documents and poems and songs and collections of songs and and wisdom literature, which is basically just like the Old Testament way of tweeting stuff. And um, it, it's this like compilation of thousands of years of writing that all points to one person, Jesus. And this is the book that is the foundation for our Christian faith. So if you profess Christ, if you believe that you're a follower of Christ, it's a pretty important book for us. Like the stuff that we believe is in here. And if you're not familiar with it, how can you be familiar with Christ? It's a book that almost everyone has an opinion on. To many, this is the book of life. It is their guide and their standard for living. But to others, it's like weird and crazy and maybe out of date or fictional um, in in their belief. Um, But I would argue it's the most important book of all time. And not only that, it is statistically the most popular book of all time. There have actually been an estimated 5 billion copies to have been sold or distributed of the Bible. Isn't that crazy? To the next closest is 800 million copies of a book. Though it's this beautiful work of literature and popular book, it's not without its controversy. There have been generations and generations who have not had access to this book. Um, Be it the early followers of Jesus, they had to rely on just circulating copies of letters and uh, things being passed around from church to church and just word of mouth. But then um, sometimes corruption has 
has seeped into organizations and, and withheld this book of life from people and, and made it unaccessible to the common person. Um, and not only that, um, it's, it's also been banned in many places throughout the centuries. Isn't that crazy? And in fact, right now, today, this moment, According to a group called The Voice of the Martyrs, there are 52 countries in the world where this book is either illegal, highly restricted, or um, difficult or dangerous to obtain. And of those 52, in 12 countries, it's outright illegal to own a Bible, to have a Bible. Now, how fortunate are we to live in a place where I can literally have 10 hard copies at home and four apps on my phone that all have the Bible. A great passage in the Bible about the value Scripture has for you is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's flip there together if you've got your Bible on you. This is a special moment. This is the first time I've gotten to read from my my new Bible in a message. Let's go, somebody. Hey. I forget the order of the books right now. We're in 2 Timothy, which is before James. Boom, got it. Here we go. All right, and this isn't broken in yet, so I got to put a paperweight on this thing. All right, here it goes. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. It says, all scripture, everybody say all scripture. All scripture is inspired by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, in this passage, we see like four or five kind of statements about what scripture is good for, and I just want to go through those really quick. The first one is teaching. This book reveals to us who Jesus is. It reveals the heart of God for humanity, for me, for you, for your friends, for your neighbors. It, it, it reveals God to the earth. And a, another word that might be used here is doctrine. This, this is a, it produces the set of beliefs that we hold to as followers of Jesus. It's, it is literally our guide for living. It's the instruction manual for life. The next word is kind of a harsh word. Uh, You don't really, no one's really excited to get rebuked, right? Has anybody ever been rebuked before? I don't know if I've ever been rebuked. It's like kind of a weird term. But um, the reality is, is the Bible is true. It is the truth. It's not a truth. It's not your truth. It's not their truth. It's not whoever's truth. It's the truth. What it says is accurate and true, and it's, it, it, it is God's standard. And, another, and, and essentially, it reroutes us when we've exited the realm of truth, when we've started to believe and think a certain way that, that might be inaccurate. It, it actually guides us. It, it calls us out on it. It's like that's not how people like us think. And uh, the word here, the Greek word, means a proof which means a standard. So it's saying the the Bible sets the standard. And then another definition for it, it can also mean to convict. 
So when we stray away from it, 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 can, um, it convicts us back to the standard. It, it helps us recognize when we've strayed. Next is correcting. It doesn't just convict us. It gives us an on-ramp back to the standard. It guides us in, in the way of life. This is, uh, um, and then the next one, for training in righteousness. I kind of see this as a culmination of the first three. It, it's, um, this book reveals the best way of life. It's, it's the instruction manual for living the life God created us for. And finally, he says, equipped for every good work. With this book as your guide, you will be empowered and strengthened and encouraged to achieve everything God created you for. Every good work that he set out for you, you can be guided into with Scripture as your guide. There's a, 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 an old preacher named Billy Graham. Has anybody ever heard that name before? Yeah, Billy Graham. Uh, he says it well. He says, if you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. It's in the Bible that God's desire for our lives is revealed. And if we're not aware of what he's like, if we don't know what he wants, what pleases him, what he's looking for in followers, we'll never understand what he wants for our life. We'll never be able to, to discern his will. The reality for a follower of Jesus is this. Reading the Bible is essential to the Christian life. If you're jotting down notes, I would write that one down. Reading the Bible is essential to the Christian life. Now, since around seventh grade, I've desired to live a life surrendered to Jesus as one of his followers. I, it, it was at summer camp um, where I, I, I finally just kind of like surrendered to him. I believed, I, I kind of grew up believing in God, but there was just something about summer camp in seventh grade that made me think, I just like, I want to go all in for this. I want to give my life for Jesus. I'm going to be his disciple and follow him, um, and I'm just going to give him everything. And since about that time, these two things have been true. One, I've had this intense desire to read and understand the Bible. And the second thing that's also been true is that I've really struggled to read and understand the Bible. It's not really been an easy journey with this book. I, I've struggled to get in the habit of reading. And, and then, on, uh, not only do I have to read it, but then I have to like try to retain it and understand it. And, and I mean, I've read over and over and over again, and I'm still like, what does that even say? I should try like a, a children's picture book, and uh, sometimes that helps. But for years, I've struggled on and off with reading the Bible consistently. It, it's felt confusing. It's felt like a huge task. It's, it's felt overwhelming because you just look at it, and you're like, where are you supposed to start? What if I start in the wrong spot? How do I know if that applies to me or not? Like, there, there, there's so much in this book. And in fact, we could spend the rest of our lives reading this book every day, and you're going to die, and there's still going to be stuff you didn't understand about it. And when I was in college, I heard um, a professor say that if you want to truly, fully, accurately understand the Bible, then you need to learn about 14 ancient languages that nobody speaks anymore. You need to do a lot of study on like 50 ancient cultures and, um, 
and there was a ton of other stuff there, but I'm just already overwhelmed thinking about that. Like the, this book is so rich and full. Like we could just search out the amazingness of it for the rest of our lives. And, and we're just not, we're never going to get to the end. We're never going to run out of stuff to learn. So like, but that can be overwhelming, <laughs> Especially when you're like, I just don't, I just want to know what page to start on. Do I start on one or like a thousand or, or what? Because there's these testaments and there's 66 books and all that stuff. I understand. Now, I'd say over the last three years or so, I've probably had the most consistent success in my life with daily Bible reading. It's, it's finally just kind of clicked after 13 years of trying really hard to do this. Um, and every day, I'd say it becomes more and more my norm to open the Bible and to read it and, and spend time with God in this way. And the more and more I read it, the more and more I see daily fruit in my life from my interaction with the Word of God. I would argue that I've seen the most breakthrough in my life in areas of struggle and sin and, and guilt and shame and all this stuff— I've seen the most breakthrough in those things from my time of consistently reading the Word of God. All this to say, it's possible. No matter what your starting point is, no matter your current or previous relationship with the Bible, you can start and you can begin to see the power it has in your life. Now, as a follower of Jesus, my goal is to honor him with my life, and I want to be transformed more and more into his image as I journey through life. And on my journey with Christ, I've come to learn that as badly as I want transformation in a moment, transformation is more of a process than it is a moment. I love ministry time. We're going to do it here in a minute. I love it. I love getting zapped by the Holy Spirit. I love watching you guys get like bent over backwards by him and fall out and, and see Noah get healed and Eli get healed and all, all the, I love it. But it's in the quiet time with God. It's in the one-on-one moments where you're sitting there in his presence and you've got your Bible open or your phone scrolled to whatever book you're reading and you ask him to speak to you through his word, that he's going to say something to you, that you're going to catch some revelation that he's speaking to you, that that's where transformation is going to occur. Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, His delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The Word of God is a life giving stream to you, it is spiritual, supernatural food. As you read it, it nourishes you and sustains you. And I, I love this quote like um, from a pastor named Bill Johnson. He, he said that people would come to him and say, well, like I'll read the Bible and I, I, just, I just won't remember what it says. And he says, well, do you always remember what you had for breakfast last week? And they'd be like, well, not always. They're like, well, did it still nourish your body? Like even if you don't 
always understand what's going on, even if you kind of like do that thing where you read three pages and then you snap out of it. You're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? There's a talking snake. And um, like, like even if that happens to you, like it's the word of God. It's going to nourish you. It's nourishing your spirit, even if you're not aware of it. But the thing in this passage, it shows us that that it's the word nourishes you when it's repeated. It's like food. We'll starve without it. In this picture here, it's the water that gives life to the tree. We can't just drink a glass of water on Sunday and then not drink anything again until next Sunday. You'd be dehydrated. Your pee would be green. It'd be disgusting. If we want to follow Jesus, we need this nourishment daily. As much as we need food, we will literally starve spiritually without it. But with it, this book promises that we will thrive with the nourishment of the word. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. The fruit of a close relationship with the word of God is kingdom, prosperity, and success. Does anybody want to be a failure in life? No. Does anybody want to be a success in life? Does anybody want to be a success and honor God with your success? He's just told us what to do. Read his book. He's got a book out. It's crazy. It's really good. We will see power come forth from our lives. We'll see things that bind us up. Depression, discouragement, guilt, and shame, addictions. The weight of our past will fall away. Struggles will be broken off as we engage with the word of God. As you marinate in his word, hearing his thoughts about you and for you, it, it, it will change things. It has, like, there, it's, it's supernatural, And I don't think it's a stretch to say that the level of breakthrough you're seeing in your life is directly related to your relationship with the Word of God. Like if you're like, I'm tired of struggling with X, Y, and Z. I'm tired of thinking about this. I'm tired of doing this thing that I want to stop doing. Read your Bible. You will find freedom as His Word cleanses your mind cleanses your heart. Reading the Bible is essential to the Christian life. So to wrap up here, I just want to share a few thoughts on how to actually start reading your Bible. So the first thing, start where you are, because you can't start anywhere else. Ask yourself, what's the next right step for me in engaging with the Bible? It could just be a verse a day. Tell you what, does anybody have a phone here? That's a dumb question, I know. There's this thing called the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app. It can send you a notification that you can set the time for where it'll send you one verse a day. You don't even have to open the app. You can just look at your phone screen when you wake up. Read a scripture. What? Yeah, that's sick. That's cool. Great. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're like, okay, I can do a verse, but also, like, I could do, like, a story. Or, like, I could do a chapter. That's great. Start there. It, it even could, it could be a devotional. That same app I was just telling you about, the Bible app, thousands of devotionals available to you. It's got ones that are written for teenagers. 
It's got, like, you could just type in, like, middle school boy devotional, and it'd be like, here's a six-day devotional about times people farted in the Bible. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know the Bible was so cool. Side note, I've been thinking for a long time about doing a series on famous poops in the Bible. Would you guys be interested in that? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, next one, um, read it with your friends. I'd say the thing that really got me into the habit of daily Bible reading was the accountability and the joy of reading with friends. During this initial COVID shutdown, we had, don't tell the CDC, a group of people that came to our house, distanced, kind of distanced, always involved ice cream, which was maybe the glue that held us all together. Um, but we, we would read a chapter a day in the New Testament, and we'd meet, and we'd talk about seven chapters. And really what would happen is that for 40 minutes, we'd talk about two chapters, and then for like five minutes, we'd be like, all right, now we've got to cover the rest of the stuff, um, which was really great. But it, it got me into this like accountability um, habit of reading the Word every day. So I encourage you, get a group together. Start a group chat. Um, get, you know, use Discord or Instagrams or whatever kids use. Um, Snapchat group. Can you even do that? Does those, those exist? Yeah. Snapchat group. Our Discord, like we can, you have small group groups in there. Use your small group. Like get your people together and be like, let's just like commit to reading the Bible. Let's just actually do it. And and, and use each other to hold each other accountable. Uh, the next thing. Oh, I made that a whole separate point. Um, whatever. Start a plan. It's like a sub point and a main point. That's fun. Start a plan. There are tons of Bible reading plans on the Bible app. It's free. They're easy to do. They're often really short. Sometimes it's literally like a paragraph that somebody wrote called a devotional. And then one verse. Boom. You're reading scripture. You're starting to engage with the word of God. If that's where you're at, that's amazing. Um, If you have no experience reading your Bible, I recommend starting here. Now, if you're like, I don't do the reading plan thing, and you just want me to tell you where to start, read the book of Mark. Period. That's it. Go read Mark. Come back to me in 16 days when you finished it. There's 16 chapters. So, I mean, a lot of people do chapter a day. You can do Spencer, and I actually broke down the book of Mark into 77-day sections. So if you want that, let us know, and we'll get that to you. Um, but then next, very similar, just make a plan. It all starts by, like, deciding, like, I'm going to do this, and then deciding when and how and for how long. Um, like, I had a guy that discipled me once that he said, I'm not going to meet with you unless you read the Bible every day. And I need you to prove that by writing it out on your calendar for the next three months, the, each chapter that you're going to read every day. And that was one of the things that really got me. Into, like I had so much success because it was great. I literally bought like a $3 calendar from Dollar General and just like wrote Romans 1, Romans 2, Romans 3, Romans 4, all the way through like most of the New Testament. And like, I just woke up. I was like, oh, it's Romans 2 day. Just busted it out, read it. I'm done. Look at that. It, it, like making a plan, it, it will help you greatly. There's a quote that I totally butchered the other day, and I'm about to butcher it again. I think it goes, if you fail to, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah, that's right. I've been in an eighth grade gym room, um, weight room, whatever. 
But, so make your plan. Don't fail. Um, next thing, read where you're interested. If there's a topic that intrigues you, if you love hearing about Jesus, read the stuff about Jesus. If you love, like if you're like really musical and you love poetry and stuff, there's tons of that stuff in there. If you're like, I want wisdom, Proverbs. If you're like, I want to be, I'm really interested in historical stuff and like crazy battles where kings are like killing a thousand people at once, it's in there. I'm loving my Bible plan right now because that's like right where I'm at. David just slaying people left and right and it's amazing, but he's actually been dead for like a hundred years where we're at now. Um, but like Jezebel just died and it was insane. It was like, sorry, no, spoilers. Um, no, right, this is recorded. <laughs> um, read your Bible. It's really exciting. They throw people out of windows. They cut heads off and there's backstabbing and crazy. There's lots of blood. Um, there's lots of poop. Poop happens a lot. And Jesus, most importantly. So read where you're interested. There's so much. And if you're not sure where to find all that stuff, um, go talk to your small group leader and they can help you find it. And then if they're not sure, they'll just come talk to me and I'll help them find it and then they'll help you find it. Lastly, and then we'll just do some ministry, is just do it. Just Nike it. Build the habit. Take the extra five minutes. Make it routine. Make it part of your life. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you want this. Like I'm not saying anything crazy to you when I'm saying that it's essential to our life. You're like, yeah, I believe that. So it, it takes some level of just deciding to do it and making it happen. The, the transformation, the intimacy with God, the power you'll see in your life will be well worth it. This book contains all you need to be equipped for every good work that he's set out for you. Reading the Bible is essential to the Christian life. Now let's take a moment and do some ministry. How about it?